you know, you come to a certain point, the curtain comes down and they say, okay, you're done. This is your last performance. Exit stage left. We don't need you anymore. You're done. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. And I think that we as older people have to reclaim that. But it starts with our mindset. Do we really believe we can do that, that we have the right to do that? How do we go about doing that? I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone to access all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. And if you want to get the free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. Today, our special guest is Phyllis Amen. Phyllis is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author. She's also a speaker, a trainer, and the podcast host of Senior Straight Talk. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Phyllis. Oh, thank you so much, Anna. It's such a pleasure to be here. And interestingly enough, I want to say for your listeners that I first met you while you were doing a presentation and it was phenomenal. <laughs> I reached out to you and you, you sent an email that you were going to be speaking at an event in Los Angeles, yeah. the Best You Expo. An amazing event. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And you offered these tickets, and one of them was a virtual ticket. And I'm in Connecticut, so I didn't know that I'd be going out there. So I got the virtual ticket. And then lo and behold, I had the opportunity to go and meet you in person. I was so thrilled. So that's how this all came about. And I just think you can't make that stuff up. It was meant to be. Absolutely. And I was fascinating in speaking with you about your passion that you have about aging here in the US and in the Western world in general. And when we were having a conversation about this rethinking the aging, I really thought there is a mindset angle here. And I would love to start there the conversation by asking you, what is your mindset about aging? I think that's a great question because we do live in an ageist society, especially in the Western world, in the United States, I'll say. And because of that, we have a tendency to internalize those attitudes as we age. I mean, I've heard it from countless people. I'm over the hill. I'm you know, I'm old, I'm 50, you know, all those things. But we get that from the time that we're young. And so I, it is a mindset. And in order to have a, I'll say, a healthier attitude about yourself as you advance in age, your experiences, your wisdom that you accumulate from all your life's experiences, you have to have a different mindset about aging. 
So let's go a little bit there, uh, pressing the pause button, because I really, I think there is so much here that we can reflect about. So if we see mindsets as a set of beliefs that we have about something around aging, what do you think that are the biggest misbeliefs that are limiting our options? Hmm. I would say that it's that we're done. We're finished. Mm. We've, we've come to the end of the road, so to speak. And the rest of the ride is just kind of how you, you know, maybe just like in neutral, like live out that journey, you know, and it doesn't have to be that. I mean, I think more and more people are changing in that regard. They realize there are possibilities. You know, AARP used to stand for the Association of Retired Persons, and it's changed it to real possibilities. Didn't knew that. That is great. You are the second person today that told me they did not know that, actually. I was on a call earlier today, and they told me the very same thing. And I believe that we have to think of that there are tremendous possibilities moving forward. You know, whether you're post-retirement or, you know, you have a deep-seated passion that you always wanted to pursue or a new passion that you discovered. I mean, really, the world is your oyster at this stage, in my opinion. I mean, I turned 70 just a couple of months ago, and I think like, this is the best time of my life. Like I have lots more to do and accomplish. Absolutely. And I, I turn always my 50 was in January. For me, I know for many women is like, a, a, and it was a huge milestone, but I'm looking forward to the years ahead without any doubt. And I want to build my mindset and my health to be able to enjoy and to do a lot of I think it's all the learning that we have, all the decades of experience that is a, not taking advantage of that experience and that body of knowledge that we accumulate with the decades is a waste that I cannot understand. Why are we not tapping more in our Western society? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, there are more and more colleges around the country. There's one right near me. As a matter of fact, I, ha I have it on my list to contact them. They're building senior housing on the campus of the college, which gives people a tremendous opportunity from both sides of the equation, young people to interact with older people and get to know their experiences and learn their, from their wisdom and, and all of that and see that older people are still vibrant, they can go to classes, they want to learn. And then for the older people to also learn from the younger people, it's just such a win-win that I think is so important for our society moving forward. I really do believe that in order to change our attitudes about older people, we have to start with young people. And educating or communicating better, like you were saying, of the association or that was retirement persons and now is real possibilities. They have to do a better job of communicating that. And we, as we go from one decade to the next, have to make a better job in communicating how vital we are still and 
how we can leverage our experience to help everybody. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wrote a blog a while ago that said, have you been told to exit stage left? And so I likened our life to the stages of a play. So you start when you're young, you study, right? And then you maybe become, we could call it becoming an understudy, right? Maybe in your teenage years. Then you go to the performance. You finally are the, you know, have the opportunity to perform. Maybe you're you're a supporting actor or actress, and maybe you're the, the main headliner, right? And then you may go through different plays and have different roles and meet different people, right? And then what happens? You know, you come to a certain point, the curtain comes down, and they say, okay, you're done. This is your last performance. Exit stage left. We don't need you anymore. You're done. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. And I think that we, as older people, have to reclaim that. But it starts with our mindset. Do we really believe we can do that, that we have the right to do that? How do we go about doing that? Yeah, it's absolutely claiming, I think. And my hope is that with the numbers, just the the numbers of the baby boomer generation here in the United States, that is a significant slice of the population that is still extremely active. There is going to be a revolution on how to deal with all uh, the aging and the way that we live in so many different ways. But I'm very curious to know, because for me, my interest in this topic is my years, accumulations. And of course, like I was I was interviewing somebody here for the podcast a couple of months ago, Shane Koja, about the name that people usually speak about is the sandwich generation. Right. That they have to be dealing with still with kids and they are to, to be dealing with their parents. And uh, she was speaking about that, the aging, the importance of community and all those things. And I think in my generation, we are dealing with the thing about our parents to make sure that they have the, the best life possible because they gave us so much that we want to make sure that we can and we can still learn so much from them. So that is a lot of my interest and and also thinking about myself and towards my daughter, how can I build things in a way, me and my husband, that when arrives to a certain age, we still can do most of the things and not be a burden to the next generation. And I'm curious about how these, the aging, the senior straight talk, your podcast, all the body of work that you have in this field. What was the thing that ignited this? Oh, great question. So I think there are two things because there are, there's another side of it that we haven't touched on yet that, that when, when I get to it, we'll talk about it more. So when I was a teenager, my mother, uh, we lived in New York in a borough, Brooklyn, and my grandmother lived in the Bronx and my mother didn't drive. So several times a week, she take the trip, it was about two and a half hours, if I remember correctly, by bus and train, um, to help her because my grandmother had had Parkinson's and she had fallen and broken her hip. As, you know, happens nowadays. I mean, no different, right? After about a year of this, you know, it took its toll on everyone. And so my mother wanted to move her into our home, 
And we had a modest home and I was a teenager. I was 15. And my father, he didn't think it was such a great idea because there would, she needed a hospital bed. It would be in the middle of the living room. I was a high school student. So there was a nursing home a few blocks away. And he suggested that we move my grandmother in there. And my mother could go there from morning till night and stay with her and help take care of her, which she did. And um, after a few months, I think it was, uh, my parents went on a, a vacation for their 25th wedding anniversary. My sister and I actually sent them for two weeks. And so she and I decided to take turns helping to care for my grandmother. And I'll never forget the first day I went. I mean, my grandmother was such a proud woman that the reason my mother started to go take care of her was because she wouldn't leave her apartment because she had a walker <laughs> and she was too embarrassed for anybody to see her with it. Well, the reason I bring that up is because I walked into this nursing home and it was a horrible sight. You know, my grandmother sitting there in this horrible way, the odor was horrendous. And I remember walking out and crying and walking around the block several times until I could, you know, muster the courage to go back in and take care of her because that's what I was there for. And so I did it for the next two weeks. After I got my master's degree in speech and language pathology, I worked with kids for a while. I uh, had an opportunity to work in a nursing home. And I believe that that experience was kind of the through line that drew me to it. And I've spent over 40,000 hours working in long-term care in over 50 nursing homes. And so I really believe, and of course, most listeners, they'll probably have conjure up some kind of image of what happens in nursing homes and more than likely they're correct. It's not the best situation. And so I really believe that the root cause of people not getting the care they deserve is because we don't value them as older adults. And that's kind of what, what brought me to this point. You know, I, the more I thought about it, I, I'll just go tell you this little story. I think I wrote it in my second book. So um, I was watching the Oscars. I think it was the Oscars one time. And this um, person comes out on the stage in a wheelchair. I think he was in a wheelchair at the time. And his speech was slurred and everybody stands up and erupts in applause and bravo and all of this kind of thing. Well, it turns out it was Kirk Douglas and he had had a stroke. And so it hit me at that time. Well, if he wasn't a well-known actor and somebody just saw him sitting in a wheelchair someplace with slurred speech in a nursing home, nobody would be standing up and saying bravo. But those people deserve the same respect and dignity and that he did, right? Uh, so all of those things kind of brought me to this point. Yeah. So what will be your utopia? Let's go first to that. What will be an ideal scenario that we could be doing that will elevate us all? Hmm. Great question. Well, first of all, there are other models of care that really do provide dignity, respect, quality life, you know, quality care that have been developed. There aren't that many of them around the country, but there are, they exist. And I've seen them and they're, I would live in those places because they're really living environments. But really, you know, one of my big vision goals is to, is to raise the, 
con- national consciousness and inspiring a conversation about all of this. And I'm doing it through a film that I'm trying to get made because I believe that seeing it on the big screen and might inspire a conversation. But I really do believe it starts with children. And if we could somehow in our educational system bring the, to the, the, the concept to children that they're kind of elders in the making, you know, like evolving elders, right? That that would give them something like to aspire to, something to respect, that this is something they're going to achieve, a milestone. That if, if we started with young people in that way, that like I said, it starts with youth, then as they went along in age, they would have a different view of older people. I love that. I love that. And immediately I thought of two contrasts. If we look to some traditions, even here in the United States of the Native Americans, with the, they speak about the elders and there is in the way that organized traditionally a big important role for the elders. And even the word elders is much better than the old people. Right. Exactly. Even in the word itself but for most of in the western society and culture is almost the superheroes are young strong and like all the things of a as young and strong as possible and we don't have in our with exception maybe of santa claus of an old person that represents something positive Correct. And I so I don't want to um, say too much about where I envision this film going. And I do. I'm very proud to say just in the last couple of weeks have connected with an actor who has a production company who's who's really finding ways to bring this film to fruition so that I've been working on this a year and a half. So that's very exciting. But I did mention that we don't have those characters to look up to. Children don't have those characters. And I told him my ideas of, you know, how the possibilities for that. But I'll just those are, you know, big vision, very big vision goals. But let I just want to go back to something else because you asked me how I got to this. So I really do believe and this is also based on personal experience. I really do believe that is our responsibility as older as an older person to embrace strategies so that we can age as healthfully and gracefully and vibrantly as we possibly can i really think that is is really not only like a personal responsibility but i do believe you know we spend a fortune in medical care billions and billions and billions of dollars in this country And I firmly believe that all of the conditions is what we normally associate with aging or an older person or the aging journey doesn't really have to be. Yes, things happen. We all know that. But if we embrace strategies for our well-being, I call it a well-being action plan, then we have certainly more of a chance and then more of a chance of not winding up in one of those horrible nursing homes. Absolutely. And I think if we look around us, there are many like your 70s, 80s year olds. And even uh, I have uh, the fortune of my father-in-law is 98 and still uh, a veteran of the Second World War, still with all his, in many ways, his spirit all there. And another person that we know in the family that is there, that is we adore him because he's 101 and he God went to, of a 
a Greek background and for this is the second summer that he goes spend a couple of months in Greece to study. Beautiful. To study. By himself, he organized things and his health, physical and mental is all there. So allows him to do it. And he goes there and I say, okay, because the family, of course, naturally is worried about it. But if he's to go, that is going with the bank. Absolutely. <laughs> Doing absolutely. what you love. But I think we will start to see examples, more examples of people that arrive to whatever age it is, but doing the things that are important to them. I agree. I agree. And, and I mean, God bless him. But I think more and more. And also, it's so important. You say how vital he is. And of course, things happen to people. But intellectual stimulation, social connections, learning new things, these all help our brain so that we don't decline. You know, I mean, obviously, there are conditions that we can't help, but there are conditions we can help. And, you know, it's no secret that if you're active, if you're vibrant, if you're getting adequate sleep, people don't realize the importance of sleep, by the way, in cognition and learning and learning new things and meeting new people and connections. These all contribute to vibrancy. Yes, and taking care of our body and in all aspects and our psychological side. In a holistic way, I think there are lots of things that we can do to increase our chances of being healthy for a longer time. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I said uh, to somebody earlier today, we really live in three homes. We live in our mind, we live in our body, and we live in our abode, whatever that is, right? And we take care of our abode, right? We clean it, we do, we straighten it out, we, we do whatever we can to keep it, you know, in the best possible shape, we'll say. So are we doing the same thing for our bodies and our minds, right? It's really an inner game. Yes. Right? And I think I have amazing memories of my grandparents, mainly my grandmother. She was like really a second mom for me and so important in so many ways. What you were saying in the beginning of creating more ways than younger people can collaborate and integrate with older people, not to be like, okay, the younger people are there, the middle-aged year and the old people there. That doesn't make any sense. I it's agree. how we are organizing a lot of the living, you're speaking about the metaphor of a boat. It's like we are putting the boats in like in different kind of bays. And I think we have to create places where people can interact more. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's how it's going to change things, right? Because those young people on that college campus that have now an opportunity to interact with older people, learn from them, experience them, will have a different vision about older people as they get older and then hopefully internalize that about themselves. Yes. And how can we build a better world together? That is the thing. How can we, and how can we learn? Because it's not just the getting Yes, we can, uh, with health, we can stay working for longer. And if that we want to do, wonderful. But sometimes there is some advantage of slowing down somebody that decides to retire, but doesn't mean that they cannot do other things that are equally transformational and amazing. Right. Because, you know, the word retire means kind of like to end, right? To finish. And so I think we have thought of retirement age as that. And that's kind of became synonymous with retirement. Okay, you're done, you're finished. 
Yeah, you get to watch, bye-bye, and you you did your duty, and then, like, we forget it. Correct. And that is, I think, is a waste of talent. I agree 150%. Absolutely. Because, you know, anybody could push a button and get information on a search engine. Yeah. But the richness of the experience only comes from a person who's lived it and can really convey it in that way. You know, one of my favorite, I, I say it so often, one of my favorite scenes in movies is a scene from Goodwill Hunting. And it takes place in Boston, in the Boston Gardens. And um, Robin Williams is sitting with Matt Damon. And Matt Damon is this brilliant kid. And he's reciting sonnets and Keats and Shakespeare and all of this. And Robin Williams, the character, says to him, you don't know anything about those things. Those are just words to you. You haven't lived them. You haven't loved. You haven't had those experiences. So reciting that means nothing. That's just what I'm saying, really, about older people. They they can convey an experience in a way that a person who just read it can't get that full flavor. Absolutely. And I love that learning. And and I think there is a perspective that with age we get, because let's face it, there is more years behind us than in front of us. But in my opinion, I think we can use that to our advantage because we can prioritize the right things. We don't have the luxury of so much time anymore. So makes it okay. So we have this, uh, it's like, there is a Portuguese song that I love the choir of the song or the, the main thing of the song. And this life is two days and we spend the first one waking up. Oh, I like that. But now that we are awake, there is a lot that we can do with the second half. That I think is a perspective that I love of the restart. Okay, yes, we always have this other opportunity. And if we are intentional, we really can do a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it has to do with intention. It has to do with awareness, consciousness, mindset, going back to the title of your show, The Mindset Zone, that it really comes down to what your mindset is. You, sometimes you have to set the reset button to reset your mindset so you can think differently about where you are in life and, and how you're going to move forward. Absolutely. And tell me just a little bit more about your own podcast, Senior Straight Talk. Well, I'm glad you asked. So actually, I'm transitioning it to another platform. And there are many reasons for that. But um, people can f- still find it on Voice America. And it was Senior Straight Talk, bringing informative conversations to the senior years of our lives. And so there are many topics that I cover on the, on the podcast, whether it's this about aging or long-term care and, or mindset or wellness. I mean, there are so many different categories. I've had many thought leaders on the show. And um, as I said, I am going to be transitioning it um, very soon. They can find you if they look for Correct. seniors. You are going to keep the same name. So if they yes. look for seniors straight talk. Seniors they will... with an S, seniors straight talk. And of course, it's on all popular podcast platforms, Apple and Google Play and iHeartRadio and Spotify and all of that great stuff. So wherever people want to listen to their favorite podcast, they can find it. Love it. And you also do speaking and consulting on this work, correct? Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite things right now is helping people develop this wellness action plan and speaking on that. 
So if anybody is interested in that, they could email me and I could give them information. And then I'd also, if they email me, I'd love to send them a chapter of my book if they, you know, a chapter from one of my books if they'd like. So my email address is phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, at, then phyllis again, my last name, Amen, A-Y-M-A-N, associates with an S dot com. Love it. And I will make sure that all those links will be in the show notes of this podcast. And if you, a last thought to leave our listeners. There's so much to embrace in life, no matter what age you're at. It just takes really setting your mind. And, and maybe you have to set it to a different station. Maybe it was on a station. You know how sometimes you're looking for a station on the radio. If, I don't know if people still use radios, you know, and they're static. And sometimes there's so much noise coming in and things from the past, things, our own expectations. Sometimes you have to reset that dial, reset your mindset so that you can move forward in the most productive way that you possibly can and really live a vibrant and healthy and graceful life for as long as you can. Love it. And that inspired me. One of the things that I love, the tradition of wine that we have in Portugal, my country of origin, and we have the Oporto wine that the very good one is aged in all. If you have a good wine, it's several decades old because he absorbs the flavor of the wood where it is kept and creates a much more deeper experience than a younger wine gets better with age. I've used that metaphor many times. Wine aged steak is, is way more expensive, you know, aged port, so many things that are aged. I mean, we, we value antiques that are older because they represent a different age. They tell a different story. Why don't we apply the same thing to people? I love it. So with that thought, we will finish today, but thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks so much, Anne. It was my pleasure. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. And if you want to get a free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.